is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Frustration starting to set in as the pandemic drags on. COVID cases in the U.S. on the rise. Many people still refusing to get vaccinated. Now, lots of things have been tried. Vaccine lotteries, free beer, free pot. But many people still refuse. So what else can possibly be done to persuade people to get a COVID shot short of forcing them? We'll try to answer that question. L.A. County bringing back the mask mandates for indoors. Does that mean more restrictions are coming to the country's most populated county? Let's start with vaccination rates. Dr. Paul Offit is an infectious disease pediatrician and professor of vaccinology at the University of Pennsylvania. He's also, by the way, a member of the CDC's advisory committee on immunization practices. Doctor, is this a pandemic for the unvaccinated now? Yes, that's right. I mean, you look, 97% of the hospitalizations and deaths are in people who are unvaccinated. So the, the choice is clear here, but unfortunately, too many people are making the choice not to get vaccinated. And why do you think at this rate, with this much info out there, that there's still this reluctance? I mean, if you want to find the information, you can easily find the information, right? So you must be going off some other beliefs or just this gut feeling that eh, I don't need it. It's fine. No, I, yeah, I think it's just people don't like to be told what to do. They see this as a personal choice. They don't, they, some have the sense that the government is making them do this. And so they just dug in their heels and say, it's a personal decision. But the fact of the matter is, it's not a personal decision. It's a decision that you make not only for yourself, but for those with whom you come in contact. I mean, a friend of mine recently tells me a story that um, a friend of hers had a son who chose not to vaccinate himself. He gets COVID. He then proceeds to transfer that virus to his wife, who's pregnant. She gets COVID. She goes to the hospital. She, because she's pregnant, she's going to be at greater risk of more severe disease. She goes to the ICU. She's on a ventilator. She delivers her baby prematurely. So he makes this decision not only for himself, but for his wife and for his unborn child. And I, I'm just really tired when people talk, talk about personal choice. It's not a personal choice. It's a highly contagious virus. So. Are we at the point where vaccination has to be mandated? And if so, who does that mandate? We're past that point. I, I think that those mandates have to be local. I mean, I work at the University of Pennsylvania Health System, which has a mandatory vaccine. Of the tens of thousands of people who work in that healthcare system, you have to be vaccinated if you're going to work there. Otherwise, you don't have a job. You're seeing it at the university level. You're seeing it at, at other hospitals. Um, I think that has happened. Hopefully, it'll, it'll extend to bars, restaurants. But I, I don't think it can be at a federal level. It can, however, be at a local district, state level. Right, because there's always arguments, right? The feds can't do it because it's unconstitutional. The states could, but the governors are too timid. So do you think it starts with the healthcare systems and campuses, university systems, and then it moves into private business? And then uh, at a certain point, right, if I can't go to the movie theater or the restaurant or the bar, I mean, look at France, right? Yeah. As soon as that president, different system. But as soon as he said, uh, no restaurants or bars unless you got a passport, now they're up to like two million signups in two days. Right. Same thing happened in Israel. You can't get to certain bars or restaurants unless you have the, you know, your iPhone that has the barcode on it that you've been vaccinated. And that also works for people who are vaccinated. You feel much more comfortable going into that kind of indoor setting, knowing that everybody else in that in that place is vaccinated. So I think we're there. I think we're past there. I think we've been way too tolerant, frankly. It's it just 
it upsets me that, you know, that we have been beating around the bush on issues like access and education and restricting misinformation and providing nudges like lotteries. I think that's all fine. But you do get to the point where you just cannot accept this kind of behavior because it affects everybody, including, I mean, in my world, I'm a pediatrician, children who, at least children for the moment who are less than 12 years of age, can't be vaccinated. They depend on those around them to protect them. So is there an epidemic in this country of lack of backbone? Is it that businesses, business leaders are afraid to say to their employees, you must be vaccinated or don't come to work? Is it because politicians are afraid to say that it is unacceptable in this pandemic for people unless there's some real medical reason not to? Uh, there is no reason not to get uh, vaccinated. Is there a lack of backbone? Yes, I think I think in large part it is. I mean, we're, we're you know, so we're, we're a country founded on the basis of individual rights and freedom. So we're very quick to stand back and let the individual, you know, exercise a variety of freedoms. This is not a freedom. It is not your right to, tr- to catch and transmit a potentially fatal infection. This has been to the Supreme Court twice, but first in 1905, the second in 1922. In both cases, the the um, the, the uh, health authorities are able to compel vaccination. And if you choose not to get a vaccine, then you pay some sort of societal price, whether it's actually a literal fine or you don't get to go to the school you want to go to or you don't want to go get to work in the in the hospital you want, want to or business you want to. So it really is not your right to do this. And it just bothers me that we're too um, too weak to really take this on because it will anger people and there, there will be pushback. But, you know, doing the right thing isn't always the easy thing. We were talking about mandating uh, COVID vaccines uh, and we were talking a little bit about the history uh, without going too much in, into it. Uh, smallpox comes to mind. What did this country do to try to get a handle on smallpox and were mandates well mandated? Yes, in the in the early 1800s uh, they were, and um, there was pushback. So there, there became a, 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 a initially what was a state supreme court case that became a, a U.S. Uh, supreme court case of Henning Jacobson. He was a Lutheran minister. He was asked to get a smallpox vaccine because there was an outbreak in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He refused, and, be, and he because he refused to pay a five dollar fine. Now, this was the early 1800s, so that's probably like five million dollars today. But in any case, probably a lot of money then. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he chose not to do that. And, and eventually the, uh, the, 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 and it was actually uh, Justice John Harlan who wrote the majority opinion that, you know, you're, you're not at liberty to, uh, to put other people at risk. And, and so that, and that it was challenged again in 1922, but, you know, constitu- you, you are not constitutionally allowed to choose not to vaccinate. On the, on the other hand, however, states can make that distinction. What's interesting to me, because you brought this up a little earlier, Probably the states, one of the states with the lowest vaccine rates is Mississippi. And so right now at Mississippi Children's Hospital, there are five children in the intensive care unit with with uh, with COVID because of for that reason. The answer to the question, what state in the union has the highest vaccine rate among children for, you know, the routine childhood vaccines? The answer to that question, Mississippi. They have an immunization rate of close to 99 percent. The reason is they're one of only a, a few uh, states that, that all states have vaccine mandates for children, but they're one of only a few states that don't have any religious or philosophical exemptions. You, you only have a medical exemption. So unless you have a medical reason not to get a vaccine and you go to public school in Mississippi, you have to be vaccinated unless you want to homeschool. That's your only way out. And so what happens if you compel Mississippians to do the right thing? They do the right thing. So what is it about this one? Too political or is there still some kind of an ouch because the FDA hasn't given full approval yet? And also on that note, what's taking so long? 
I'm not sure what's taking so long. Um, it would be helpful. It sounds like that may not happen until January. Uh, what people should realize, though, is that it's really completely irrelevant. It's a psychological issue more than anything else. The size of these trials, the Pfizer trial, the Moderna trial, the J&J trial, are the size of any typical pediatric or adult vaccine trial. The length of safety follow-up is the same for any typical licensed product, fully approved product. The only difference is length of follow-up for efficacy. And so when we approve this fact, these vaccines, say, in, in December, the first two vaccines, we could say those vaccines were 95% effective for a few months, but we didn't know that they were effective for longer than that. The FDA drew the line at six months. They want six months of, of, of efficacy data. And so that's what the weight is. But it has nothing to do with, you know, this being like an experimental product. <laughs> it's more than 300 million doses of these vaccines that have been distributed. So you have an enormous safety efficacy platform on which to judge this vaccine. This vaccine has been, in, in many people, more than most medical products. So uh, it, it's silly to wait. It's psychological more than anything else. But but that is it, it is something that has an impact for people. So I really do wish they would approve these sooner. OK, another excuse that people and it is an excuse, I think, that people use who don't want to get vaccinated now is they say, well, you know, we were first told if we get vaccinated, we're free from all this other you know stuff, all the restrictions. Now we're being told we may need a booster six months after we get the, uh, the first uh, round of shots. So why bother? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't think we're going to need a booster for a while. I mean, you have have the, the key number right now is three percent. Ninety seven percent of people who were hospitalized and killed by this virus are unvaccinated. Three percent were, were, were vaccinated um, If that. then And it, with that, I think if that number gets to 10 percent, 15 percent, then I think we could start talking about boosters. But these vaccines are highly effective. And, and actually, if you look at the cellular immune response induced by both the mRNA and the Johnson Johnson vaccines, I think it's likely to have protection that would last for three to five years. I don't think we're going to need a booster really anytime soon. And even if you did need a booster, that's still not a good reason not to get vaccinated now. What are you waiting for? Why play that game <laughs> yeah. of Russian roulette? Right. Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Doc, thanks. Coming up after this short break, are we moving closer to more lockdowns? Los Angeles County is bringing its indoor mask mandate back because of rising COVID cases. This, in spite of having one of the higher vaccination rates in the U.S. Does this mean social distancing and capacity limits are going to come on back with us? As L.A. County Supervisor Hilda Solis. Um, Supervisor, first thoughts on that mask mandate coming back? Well, to be honest, for me, I have been wearing my mask when I go into the office or when I'm, you know, pretty much in any indoor surrounding anyway. Uh, And that's just out of an abundance of caution, but that's just Hilda Solis and my family. Um, I will say that I know that I've heard different opinions so far about why we should or shouldn't do it. But as you know, I do take a look at at what the data says. And I know that we are no way trying to harm our businesses or the fact that people can't have time to enjoy the summer and go outdoors, go to the restaurants and what have you. The only thing here is that we're just saying, Wear your mask when you're inside, when you're eating, you can remove it. And it's so important because I am very concerned about the uptick in the uh, Delta. We've gone way over a thousand in the last seven days. And yesterday was really heartbreaking to see that we had well over 1,500 people. To be honest, the people that are showing up at the hospitals are those people that have not been vaccinated and they tend to be younger. And and so just letting people know that, you know, business is still ongoing. We still want people to go to our restaurants, to support our movies, and to make sure that we just be safe and 
physically distance when we can. I know that's not in the order, but I'm just saying that. But that brings us to the problem of mixed messaging. And, and the reason why I think people often get confused by all this, because mm-hmm. you can make the argument, it seems to me, that this new mask mandate for indoors only is either overkill or not enough. For example, you just mentioned we still want people to go to movie theaters, want them to go to restaurants. Yeah. Yet we've right. always been told for the past year or so that all the different measures go hand in hand. Masking, yes. Social distancing, though, needs to be part of that. Diminished capacity in restaurants and movie theaters needs to be part of that. Now, all of a sudden, we're told, well, okay, even if you're vaccinated, you need to wear a mask indoors, but it's okay if the movie theater is 100% full, and it's okay if you're sitting next to a, a table of six in a restaurant, so long as you're wearing the mask when not eating. That's a, a, an exact contradiction to what we've been told for the past year. Well, I will say this to you. I know that uh, many theaters and other uh, places uh, of business have, you know, really, I don't think people are coming in as, as in the large numbers in that capacity. So I think it varies from different entertainment uh, facilities. But I do think that overall, many of our employers are very, are very cooperative and want to also maintain their customers and want them to be safe first, as well as their employees. So I that's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm contradicting things. All I'm trying to say is that I know that um, hearing from the doctors, hearing from the physicians, and that that I think if we can just be safe. No, but I I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but but I'm, I still have to go back to this mixed messaging thing. Uh, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been in restaurants in the past month or two that are packed with people. I've been in movie theaters that have been pretty packed with people. And so my question is, it, it seems that it, it's either one or the other. Either uh, things are... I don't are, think you can say that. I don't think you can say that because we didn't know uh, a whole lot at that time about this variant, the Delta variant, which right now in other, what, over 40 states is spreading astronomically yes but that's not the, but that's not the point of the, been... yes but that's not the point of the question the, the the and you're right we didn't know about the variant my, my question yeah. is that that if the figures are starting to tick upward and they are and if mm-hmm. there is a concern that primarily for those who are unvaccinated then mm-hmm. why are we stopping short of just saying, well, uh, wear a mask indoors, but it's okay now if you're not necessarily socially distant. It's okay for movie theaters and restaurants to be at full capacity if they so choose. It, it seems that it's either one or the other. You could be at a bar at midnight Saturday, yeah. and then now it's 12.01, and are we expecting everybody to, to put their masks up at, at, at one minute past midnight? Yeah, and and what about bars? I mean, it, 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 it used to be that bars had to be shut because otherwise people would have their masks off all the time drinking. What about now? You know, I think that you're kind of jumping the gun here because we've not said that, or at least our health order won't say that. And I think that you know, people just well, have to be responsible. No, I'm not, I'm not jumping the gun. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense out of uh, an order that on the surface, uh, see, and I, I realize it's not your order, but what I'm saying is yeah. it seems on the surface to not make much sense and not be very logical. It seems to be a measure that is uh, a half measure at best and maybe a quarter measure 
if it's needed. And if it's needed, then why not go all the way? And if it's not needed, why do it? I'm not saying that it's not needed. I think out of an abundance of caution, uh, you know, the, this is what this is what Dr. Davis has said. And, you know, four million people have not gotten vaccinated. That's a lot of people. We represent 10 million and, and almost, you know, a good good portion of them are not vaccinated, and especially young people. For my opinion, I'm sorry this is happening. I don't like it. I mean, I know that it is problematic for people. I know our businesses have been through so much. The sooner we get more people vaccinated also, because that's really dropped off. There's a lot of information out there. The rates have dropped way off for getting vaccinated. So are we at a point now where we need to start mandating the shots? If you want to go to do something, a movie, a restaurant, you've got to have that vaccine. I don't think we're there yet, but I but I certainly know that other jurisdictions are doing that. And you see, you see system just said, hey, you're going to come back to school. You have to show proof. OK, so why? All right, all right. But then why? Why? When you say we're not there yet, I it, it reminds me of 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 people that I hear who are not vaccinated and they say, well, we're not vaccinated because we're waiting for more information. And you, you have to ask the question, <laughs> what information yeah. are they waiting for? So when you say we're not there yet uh, to ask businesses to mandate that customers are vaccinated, vaccinated and prove it, uh, that businesses in, insist that employees be vaccinated and prove it. When are we there? What's the, the magical line that has to be crossed when we are there? I don't have a crystal ball. So that's the question for the experts. Uh, to answer, but I no, think but right yeah, now. No, but I you're a politician. Said, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You're an elected official. No, but as I said earlier, as I said earlier, I, as I said earlier, right now, I mean, we're basing this on the fact that our caseload has increased over the last seven days. The numbers are there. They show that we out of an abundance of caution, and all, that's all I'm saying. I'm not. I don't want to see harsher restrictions. Believe me, I don't. No, no, I, I get that. I, I get that. Future. I get that. But but that's not the question on the table now. The, the, the question is that this is a fundamentally different situation than we were at months ago when the issue was that there was not enough vaccine at the moment to go around. So everything was being done to try to protect people until enough vaccine was available to get everybody vaccinated. Well, now we're we, getting close to it. Well, but not, but we're not, but we're still far from it. Uh, Otherwise, we wouldn't be taking these measures that we're taking now. So we're still far from it. So the question is, when are we at the point, in your opinion, forget what the doctors have to say. You're an elected official. You're the one who's accountable, not the health department. When is it in your mind that point that needs to be reached? When? When businesses and uh, you know employers need to say to the people in this uh, county that you must get vaccinated in order to come into our business, in order to come to work, or don't bother. I'm going to base that that decision collectively with the other board members when we're given that informa- information from uh, Dr. Ferrer. But what's Dr. your but what's but what's your view? You're an indi- you're an individual. You're elected. What is your view? Well, I already told you what my view is. No, I've you didn't. No, with all due respect, you did not. When did we did reach too. the point? No, when did we reach <laughs> the point? Tell me. I, you know what? I don't have the data to say to make that kind of uh, assessment at right now. Right now, I'm hoping that we could go in the opposite direction if we start using the math. That's proven. That's been proven that it does help provide the resistance and it does help us bring down those case 
caseloads. And I think that's really where we need to focus. Look at, in June, June 15th, we had uh, reported COVID cases of about 210 cases. Now we're seeing on a weekly, on a daily basis, well over a thousand, and we're seeing more people now, 400 or more in our ICUs. So that's the information that I'm basing my judgment on. And if it doesn't get better, because I'm unsure about how many people are actually getting this at Ralph's, right? Or the Getty Center, where you would wear your masks. It's the same problem as before, right? You go into a household or you have a party with friends and you're unvaccinated alone at home, and people aren't going to wear masks there if they weren't wearing them before. And then the unvaccinated are still going to pick this up. Unfortunately, it's it's such a new uh, variant that I, I think our, you know, our health Experts really are trying to figure out um, what the risks are, and the risks seem to be telling us, I think, that this is a very highly contagious variant, and it's much more severe, and it impacts young people at a, at a faster rate than what we saw with the previous variant. So I'll try this one more time, and, and then we'll give up on it. <laughs> I'll try this one okay. more time. So by, by what you just said, uh, the numbers are, are going up among the unvaccinated it's affecting younger people because they're the group that tends to be uh, the most who are unvaccinated. Uh, as Mike pointed out, a lot of people are getting it, not in, in large places necessarily, but by going to other uh, homes of people who are also unvaccinated. So with all of this, we know that this is happening. And yes, you're right. This variant is more contagious. It can apparently be more deadly. Yeah. So when do we reach the point? What's that magical point when you, you as a politician say enough, we need to get and make sure that everybody gets vaccinated. When do you reach that point? You. When I see that our ICU beds are, are again, uh, insufficient available because we have too many people coming in and people are again facing uh, life and death experiences that's when i think that will happen but i don't know and i hope that it doesn't get there and i really just want to say that we saw this uptick happen after the holiday after the fourth of july so again people probably felt oh gee i can go out and do this and that many people that could have had the opportunity to get vaccinated didn't take the time to do it and we still need Four million more people to do it. So that's my message. Supervisor Hilda Solis, chair of the LA County Board of Supervisors. Remember that guy in New York who said rent is too damn high? Well, rent is too damn high again after dropping during the start of the pandemic. Data from Realtor.com finds the median rent reached a record high of $1,575 in June. That's an increase of 8% from a year ago. But this time, it's not high-priced urban areas driving the increase. Instead, real estate data show the biggest increases are in smaller cities, driven largely by workers who fled urban areas during the pandemic for more safety, space, or just more privacy. This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.